You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. In this podcast, we're going to hear a Sunday morning message. Good morning, Jewel City. You're looking good this morning. How many of you know, thank you. How many of you know that God's got an army marching through this land? How many of you are part of that army this morning? Anybody part of that army? Well, this morning I've got a message and I know Satan don't want me to preach it because I've been trying to preach it now. This is the fifth time I've been rescheduled to preach this message. So I know he's listening this morning. I always like to start with something a little funny, but I don't have enough nerve to tell the joke that Pastor wanted me to tell, so he might cut my salary. But, uh, but uh, I'm going to tell an old joke. But for some of you new, new faces, this might work for you. It's one of my favorite jokes, but it's an old one, okay? This young man robs his first bank, and he's real nervous. He's just sure somebody's watching him rob that bank. And after he robs the bank, he straightens himself up a little bit. He walks outside. There's a small group of people standing there. So he said to the first man, did you see me rob that bank? And that man said, yes, I did. So the robber just pulled out a pistol and shot him. And he said to the second man, did you see me rob that bank? He said, yes, I did. So the robber just pulled out a pistol and bang, shot him too. He said to the third man, did you see me rob that bank? That man said, no, I didn't. But my wife did. (laughs) Okay, you will notice this morning that we've just been a little uh, out of order. We've already have shown you the announcements. Because this message was so heavy on my heart. I went up this week and I spoke with Pastor Carrie in her office and we talked for just a little bit. And so I just want you to know that all through this message, the altar is open. You can come anytime if you need salvation, if you have a need of any kind, the altar is open because we're going to end it with just a little different twist today, okay? Now, at the end of the service, I am going to ask Pastor Aaron, and I've already spoken with Mary Bob, they're going to come up and they're going to be standing here just in case somebody is here and don't know Jesus, just in case somebody is here has a heavy heart. You can come up and they're going to pray with you. The title of my message today is Watch, War, and Worship. And I almost entitled it, Grab a Stick, but I didn't. I'm going to read Genesis 15, 6 through 12. Genesis, Moses tells us this in Genesis 15, 6 through 12, and he says, And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord. How many of you believe in the Lord today? Okay, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he, meaning God, said unto Abraham, Take me an heifer of three years old and a she-goat 
of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece once against the other, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to read uh, two more verses of that, uh, verses 17 and 18. But I just want to share with you that Abraham and God are having a conversation. Isn't it nice to look out and see Pastor? I tell you, it's good to see him. I'll tell you, so I'm going to read verses 17 and 18 in a minute, but God and Abraham are having a conversation. And God told Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation. And he goes on, and Abraham looks around in the tent, and he looks around. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And he says, how are you going to do that? I don't have any children. He said, I just figured that my, my servant would be my heir because I have no daughters. I have no sons. How are you going to do that? So they began to converse. Okay. And, and, and God told Abraham what to do. He said, I want you to build an altar. He couldn't build it just any way he wanted to build it. He had to build it a certain way. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put a sacrifice on this altar. Couldn't be just any sacrifice. He named the sacrifices and told him what sex, what age, what everything and said, build the sacrifices. And I want you to separate them put the birds on this side and let there be a gap and then put the animals on this side. He gave him specific instructions and Abraham followed every instruction to the T. And then in verse 17 and 18, now Abraham's waited all day to see what God was going to do. Abraham has waited. How's he going to seal this covenant? He told me he would show me. How's he going to do it? Verses 17 and 18 of that same chapter. It says, and it came to pass that when the sun went down, And it was dark. Behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And in that same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river of Euphrates. This morning, I want to talk about Abraham for just a few moments. Abraham was a man of faith, and Abraham was a man of of altars. So I want to talk to you this morning about him. Okay. Before I do, I'm going to desert my notes. I know this message. This is the fifth time I've tried. I know this message. Okay. So I just want to tell you that I'm going to back up to chapter 14 for just a moment. And I'm not going to be long this morning. I'll tell people I'm not going to keep you any longer than Liz Taylor kept her fifth husband. Okay. So I'm just going to share with you this morning and then we're going to end the service a little differently. All right. I feel good about this service this morning. I feel good about what God's going to do in this house this morning. I really do. Satan don't want it. So I want hell to hear this message today. Okay. In the chapter 14. Okay. I just want to share. I'm not going to go into all the Kings and all the nations. I won't take that time, but there were five Kings on one side and four Kings on another. And they got all their nations together and they said, we're going to make war. Now, Lot, who is Abraham's nephew, it was his brother's 
son was living in a little town near Sodom. So after the kings got together and gathered all their nations and their warriors, they went down to this country where Lot lived and they made havoc with that nation. I mean, they stole everything. They took people captive. They looted. There was a lot of bounty. There was all kinds of riding going on and so forth. But how many of you know that they took Lot as one of the captives? They took Lot, big mistake. Okay, they took Lot and they took him back to Sodom where Lot was. And then it said that one person escaped and they went back to Abraham and told Abraham what was going on. And you know what Abraham did? Abraham got mad. You know, sometimes we think we shouldn't get angry. But how many of you know it's okay to have some righteous indignation? It's okay to get angry. How many of you know that the Satan has launched an all-out war against the United States of America? How many of you know that Satan has launched an all-out war against all of the churches of the nation? He has launched an all-out war against our pastor, and I want to look at them and say, you picked our wrong church this time. You picked a wrong pastor this time. It's not going to happen, and it's not going to happen on our shift. We're going to fight back. You know what Abraham did? Come on now. Let's get some fight in us. Let's see the army, the army of God, the soldiers that are in the army of God. And in just a little bit, we're going to march to the enemy's camp, and we're going to take back what he stole from us. It's no wonder the devil didn't want this message preached today. I'm telling you, God's going to do something. He's up to something. Sit down and let me preach. Okay, you're looking good today. I'm telling you, sometimes we got to get mad. Abraham got mad, and he said, the enemy came down and took my nephew. Oh, huh. no. You see, I was laying in bed the other day, and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. You know, there are takers and there are shakers. By that I mean some of you say, oh, look what the devil stole from me. Oh, look what he did. The devil's been on my tail all week. Some of you have never even seen the devil. How many of you know if the devil's in Chicago, he's not in Meadowbrook? How many of you know if he's in Australia, he's not even in the United States? How many of you know that if he's in Washington, D.C., <laughs> he's not even in Shinston, West Virginia? Some of us have never even seen the devil. But I want to tell you, that's right. Come on, Mary Bob. I'll help me preach. Okay, I just want to tell you that Abraham got angry. Sometimes we have to get mad. We have to really get angry and say, wrong time. When Jesus was in the grave, he went to hell. And I mean, he was not a taker. He was a shaker. He shook the iron gates of hell. And then he went right through him and he looked the devil right in the eye. He walked right up to him and he grabbed the keys. And I know I've said this before, but I don't care if I'm repetitious or not. Satan doesn't even have the keys to his own house. God's got him. Don't give him the keys to your house. Okay, stand up. Up, fight back, make it count, make a difference. Okay, that's we need to get mad. I, I, I know I, I asked Donna if I could do this. Donna, would you stand up just a minute? Just a minute, just stand up a minute. Okay, they gave her over a year ago, they gave her a month to live. 
You know what Donna did? You picked a wrong woman this time, she said. And you know what she did? She went out and she adopted herself a beautiful little cat. And then she went out and got herself a feller. She gonna get married soon. And they told her she had a month to live. Thank you, Donna. You gotta get mad. You got to get mad at the devil. You can't say, okay, you took something from me. You, got, you stole it, but I'm coming after it. I'm coming. I'm not going to sit complacent. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to shake it. I'm going to shake the gates of hell. I'm going to make some noise. I know that my mother, my mother was a prayer warrior. I mean, my mother was a prayer warrior. My mother, those of you, Mary Bob knew my mother and some of you knew my mother. I mean, I can remember, and I'm just going to share this briefly. That's not my message today. I can remember my double first cousin, brothers married sisters. So I've got a double first cousin. He was in a horrible car accident. Horrible. I mean, the car went over. It was near 100 West Virginia, just outside of Mannington. The car went over the hill and over the hill and over the hill. And when it landed, it was on its top. And my cousin Robert was scalped from here. He was landed on his head, scalped all the way back. He had grass and dirt and debris and everything in his scalp. And when they ultimately got him out sometime later, I can remember, I was just a little girl, and they, they took, let us in the hospital that night. And my sister was just three years younger than I. And we were standing in the hall at the hospital and the doctor looked at my aunt Manita and said your son's not going to make it and he was he was uh, he's probably about six seven years older than I am he said your son's not going to make it he said he's going to die and he said perchance should he make it he'll be a vegetable he won't walk and he'll never have any hair never never have any hair because he's been scalped and my aunt Manita sat down in a chair and she buried her head in her hands but I saw this look on my mother's face and I knew that look and I wanted to say don't hurt him mother don't hurt the doctor it's okay mother don't hurt the doctor but you know what she said to me I'll never forget I'll never forget that night maybe Myra remembers too my mother went to the doctor and she didn't hurt him but she looked at him and she said don't give up on that boy you do all you can do and I'll do all I can do and she looked at me and my sister and said, we're going to the car. And we went to the car, and old blue 57 Ford. We wrote that windows up, and she says, pray, girls, pray. And, you know, I was just a little kid. And, and, and somebody told me the other day, I love to hear you pray. I said, it's mama's fault. Mama taught me how to pray. Okay, so I was praying in the car. Oh, God, help Robert, help Robert. He needs your help. And then I was just sitting there, and my mother turned around. She says, you're not praying. I said to pray. I said, oh, God, help Robert. And I began to pray. And I want to tell you, Robert is about seven or eight years or something older than I am. He'll soon be 80-some. He never walked with a limp. He came out of the hospital with a head full of hair. And I'm telling you, to this day, as old as he is, he doesn't use a cane or anything. Why? Because my mama got mad. You got to get mad. You got to get stirred. You got to get the spirit of a warrior inside of you. You got to get mad. So what did Abraham do? He went down. He marched to the enemy's camp. I like this part. I could go on and on, but he, got, he went back home. He got 318 of his own servants in his house. Man, I just wish I had one. I'd settle for one servant, wouldn't you? How rich was this dude? Okay, he had 318 servants. Okay, and he said, and he had already trained them. They were already trained for battle. 
He didn't have to do any training. They were trained. And he took them up. They went by night. They destroyed the city. They got all their loot back and the enemy's loot too. <laughs> and they got all their bounty back and the enemy's bounty too. They got all their captives and took some captives of their own. I'm telling you, that's what you got to do when you get mad. You know, you take things that belong to him. He lost that soul. He lost that soul. We reach out and we take from the enemy's camp. You know, we can take back what's ours and then we take some of his stuff too. Okay, and so it says when the king of Sodom a few days later, somebody said, Abraham, you're, yeah, there's somebody here to see you. He said, who is it? And he said, it's the king of Sodom. Oh, Sodom, the king has come to see you. So Abraham goes out to see the king and the king hears what he said to Abraham. Look, just give me back my people. Just give me back. You can have all the loot. You can have the bounty. Take the silver and the gold. Give me back my people. And Abraham looked at him and said, I like this. He said, you can have your people back. You can have every one of them back. And you can have your loot back too. And you can have your bounty back. He said, because I, and, and this is what it says in the King James, I won't even take a shoe latchet from you. I will not take a shoestring. I will not keep a sandal from you. Because one day when people know how rich I am, they're not going to say you, King of Sodom, made me rich. They're going to say the Lord God Almighty in the heavens made me a rich man. You want to be a rich man? Get mad. Go back to the enemy's camp. Now I'm going to bring you into chapter 15, and I won't be much longer because we're going to make some warfare at the end. I hope we'll make some warfare. Some of you just sit out there like bumps on a log. You wouldn't move. I told you the little story one time about this man was preaching, and he was in such a dead, cold church that one of the people in the congregation had a heart attack. So they called 911 and said some gentleman here had a heart attack. And it said that the people from the emergency squad carried out two-thirds of the church before they got the right man. They all looked dead to him. So I don't want you to look dead this morning. I want you to look like you're alive and well and part of the army of God. Okay, get excited. Okay. I'm so... I'm going to take you now to chapter 15. God said to Abraham, and I like this. Oh, I get excited. There's a lot more, but I'm, I'm cutting it short. God said to Abraham, God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. He said, oh, you're going to have kids, and the kids are going to have kids, and the kids are going to have Abraham is so rich. How many of you know the Jews are still spending his money? <laughs> Abraham, is that rich? The Jews are still spending Abraham's money. Living in Abraham's land. I'm telling you, when God does something, he does it right. He does it good, okay? And he wants to do something good and something right for you, okay? You, the person beside you, yes, but I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. He wants to do something good and right for you. Okay, so anyway, Abraham, I like this. Abraham's sitting in his tent, and he says, Lord, how are you going to do this? I got no kids. I'm getting to be old. Sarah, she's really old. You know, she's past the childbearing stages. You know, how you, how you going to do this? And I like this. And buddy, if this ministers to you like it ministered to me, you know what Abraham said? He said, God said to Abraham, Abraham, step outside. Now that floated my boat. I can tell it didn't float too many of your boats. But he said, step outside. In other words, Abraham, step outside. And he says, see the stars? See the sand? 
You can't count them. And that's how many descendants I'm going to give you. So I look at you today and I say, God says to you, and he says, honey, step outside. Step outside your circumstances. Step outside your way of thinking that God's going to bless everybody but you. Step outside it all and see what God's going to do for you. Step outside. Just see what God can do. If you want something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done. Okay, so step outside your circumstances and just see what God can do for you. Okay, so let me just tell you. Abraham stepped outside. God told him what to do. Abraham built the altar, and there he laid the two birds on this side. Steve has tried for five services to build me an altar, and here sits my Abraham down there. But uh, it just didn't work out. But I'll tell you one thing. He built an altar. He had three animals on this side and a little two birds and a way down. And God said, I'm going to walk between these animals and it's going to be my sign as a covenant unto you. You're on one side, I'm on the other. And I'm going to walk between these animals and I'm going to seal this covenant. And Abraham didn't know exactly how God was going to do that. But you know what he did? It says he sat there after he, and he watched. He waited. We're not too good at that, are we? Okay, we're not too good at waiting and watching. If it don't happen three or four minutes, we're out of there. Okay, but he waited and he watched and he watched and he waited. Then all of a sudden, darkness began to fall. Now, I want you to picture this. Can you picture this? It really happened something like this. Okay, Abraham is sitting there and all of a sudden the Bible says darkness begins to fall. He had sat there all day. How many of you know that sometimes it's a dark time in your life. And maybe you've waited for an answer. You've waited for that son or daughter to get off drugs. You've waited for that wayward child to come home. You've waited for a healing. You've waited for an answer to your prayer. And all of a sudden you feel dark and there was a chill in the air. And I do believe with all of my heart, Sarah was inside the tent because Abraham had invited to step outside the tent. Sarah maybe was fixing supper. So there she was probably hollering, Abraham, where are you at? Come get your supper. It's getting cold. He could smell the lamb. He could smell the unleavened bread. But he sat outside undisturbed. He sat out there. He was not distracted in any way, shape, or form because he was out there watching. He was warring and he was worshiping. And it said he never got tired of waiting because he enjoyed the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you sometimes when you get down to pray, you're thinking of everything you should think of. You're, go- you're at Walmart. You're here you're doing this you're doing housework but you know what Abraham did he enjoyed just the presence of the Lord because all of a sudden when you stay so long on your knees you know when the presence of the Lord comes you know and it's worth staying there my mama used to tell me she'd look at me and she'd say you know sometimes you just get through praying you need to learn to pray through there's a difference You can get through praying or you can pray through. And then you know what happened? Abraham sat there. And as he was waiting, all of a sudden, I'm going to go over here and grab me something. All of a sudden, Abraham saw some birds. And you know what the birds were about to do? The birds were coming down. And they were going to attack the sacrifice, the promise on the altar. And you know what Abraham did? He grabbed himself a stick. And you know what he did? He hit the birds and he said, not my promise, not my, not my covenant. 
and he knocked the birds. I thought, here, you know, the birds on the altar were clean birds, but here come unclean trying to destroy the clean. Here come the unholy trying to destroy the holy. Here come the unrighteous trying to devour the righteous. How many of you sometimes feel like that the church is trying to be devoured? Satan is trying to devour the church. The unholy, it seems like, is about to take over. You need to grab yourself a stick. Grab yourself a club and say, not my marriage, not my wife, not my kids, not my church, not my pastor. And you need to sit there wrapped in darkness all around you, watching your sacrifice and all those distractions all around. But he was not distracted. The smell of supper didn't bother him. Sarah's echo didn't bother him. The darkness didn't bother him. The chill didn't bother him. Any one of those would have sent most of us home. Some of us, you know, are such babies. We're such wimps. And how many times have I said this? I've said this. This is nothing new. We say we're soldiers of the army. So when we sing, onward Christian soldiers, and we march around like a bunch of disabled veterans. It's time that we learn how to march. It's time that we learn the war song. It's time that we learn the battle cry. Where's my friend Bruce? Every time I see Bruce. Bruce, where are you at? There's Bruce. Every time I see Bruce, I know one time I taught here, and I taught on the armor of God. Do you know that every time the Hebrews went to war, that one out front leading, whether it was Gideon, whether it was Joshua, or whether it was old Deborah herself, they were, they were stand right before, on horseback, before the army. And one of the last things you heard was they would say, Rock! Kasak! That was the Hebrew battle cry. And they said that every time they went to battle. I would like to say to you today, church, Satan is out to get your country. Satan is out to get your family. He wants your marriage. He wants your sanity. I have never counseled so many depressed people in all my life. I'm telling you, it's amazing how many people are down, but I want to look at the church today, and I want to look you eyeball to eyeball, and I want to say, rock Kasaka, it's time to fight the battle. Do you hear the sound of battle in the land? Do you hear the sound? It's not a time for depression. It's a time of victory. It's not a time for divorce. It's a time of victory. It's not a time for anything else. It's a time for victory, and we're going to see victory. I can smell it in the air. And my worship team, where's my precious worship team? They're going to come back, and I, they're going to come back, and we're going to make some war. I just want to tell you that God is on the move. He said, either you're for me or either you're against me. If you're for the Lord today, stand to your feet. If you can hear the sound of battle in the land, I'm telling you, victory's on its way. I can feel it in the air. I can smell it in the air. March to the enemy's camp. What has he taken from you? What has he taken? Has he taken your victory? Has he taken your health? Has he taken taken your marriage? Has he taken your children? I've never seen so many grandparents raising children, and I've never seen so many grandparents. When kids today get mad at their parents, you know what they say? Well, you ain't going to get to see your grandkids. I'll just keep them from you. I'm telling you, it's time. I hear the sound of battle. I hear the sound of battle. God has victory in his hands, and he wants to give it to the church today. I hope you hear the rumble and the roar of battle. I want to get you excited. I want to get you mad. Not at anybody but the devil. Get mad. He doesn't have the keys to hell.
God does. And he says, and I'll give you the keys. You're a child of God. Act like it. You're a soldier in the army. Act like it. Fight. 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 Rock. Kassar. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast.